You're listening to episode 11. Hey there, Business Generals family. Welcome to another super episode of the Business Generals podcast where I feature amazing guests and I ask in-depth questions about their entrepreneurial journey. You know, my belief is that it doesn't matter how your journey in life started. It's not that important because great or small, the important thing is how you finish. So whatever your situation today, I want you to know that you can get your hopes up, that you are good enough to chase your dreams. In today's show, family, I dig into how it all started for our feature guests, how they have built their brand, and I even get into all the juicy details about their big challenges, their growth moments, and all their big breakthroughs. So it's going to be an amazing show. I actually selfishly started this podcast because I love to hear how entrepreneurs did it, and I wanted to ask the questions for myself. So really... I am the number one student, so get ready for amazing coaching tips, family, to help you maximize your business dreams. Welcome and thank you for joining me here on the Business Generals Podcast, where I chat with amazing entrepreneurs five days a week. Davis Mutabo, host. I am super excited to bring you today's feature guest, Miss Tanya Eliza. Tanya, are you ready to share your entrepreneurial story? I am so ready to rock and roll with you, Davis. This is going to be fun. Fantastic. Now, Tanya worked as a senior financial specialist in Canada until coming to a crossroads in her professional career life. And after a series of events, she decided she would plunge into her own home-based entrepreneurial business, which has evolved into a very successful online business. And we are going to hear all the juicy details about that on this show. So, ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Tanya to the show Now, Tanya, before we talk business, perhaps just take 30 seconds to tell us who is Tanya Eliza, just a little bit about your non-business personal background. Non-business personal background. All right. So my mom would be happy to know that I am still fronting my Canadian citizenship. (laughs) I've I've been in the States for, oh, five years now, but I'm Canadian originally on the West Coast in B.C., Um, Basically, have an amazing family, um, small family, but I've got my, my sister. She's a little bit younger than I am. She is a professional volleyball player. Uh, she runs a club, and she works with kids all the time, loves it. Um, and then my mom, who is uh, pretty much semi-retired, but I'm super close with the girls. And, yeah, I had a, a finance career back in the day, and I just kind of wanted to I wanted to go out on my own and do my own thing and control my own time. And I'm just recently married as well to Cesar Rodriguez. A lot of people know who he is. Um, he is my PIC. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, yeah. No, thank you very much. I appreciate that. So we're uh, working hard in our businesses and looking forward to having a uh, family very soon. Not expecting, but very soon. How long have you been in full-time business for yourself? Uh, since 2010. Right. So that's uh, six years or somewhere thereabouts. Fantastic. Um, and tell me a little bit about... Your business, what are the core revenue streams uh, in your business today? Sure. So back in uh, 2009, I was introduced to network marketing. um, And in the first year, created a little bit of success and then kind of grew from there. And in 2010, I uh, wanted to bring my business online, learn how to build it from social media mediums and learn how to just do more marketing of the business. So in 2010, um, brought the business online, had a huge 
stumbling block trying to learn everything that's out there. Um, but basically, because we've we've just kind of learned so much when it comes to building our businesses online, um, we have created a lot of success in doing so. And so for the last three and a bit years, I finally kind of took my business in a direction, whereas I teach other home-based business entrepreneurs and small business entrepreneurs how to do the same thing that we've done to successfully grow our business through blogging and videos and Facebook marketing as well. So I have my network marketing business that we're still very actively building. And then we also have our own training programs and courses online where we teach other people how to kind of grow their businesses online as well. Awesome. And uh, I was just sharing with you, Tanya, before that um, I, I stumbled across your information um, when I was uh, in network marketing probably about a year or so ago, maybe 18 months ago, and uh, and really looking to, to create an online platform around branding um, and reaching out with some of my skill sets to provide coaching services and training to other people. And my current website, as we speak, is actually based off of some of your training. So talk to me a little bit about um, your coaching work and why you went the route of even providing training on how to build a website, for instance. Ah, yeah. I mean, it's funny because I never really grew up going, I want to teach people how to build blogs and websites. <laughs> so, you know, and so back in 2010, one of the first things that I did to get my business up and going online was I built a blog because I saw all of these other, you know, successful entrepreneurs online crushing it. And one of the common threads was they all had their own hub, like that branded them, that provided value, that gained a lot of credibility into their, you know, influence. And um, so I said, I need to have a blog. And so I went out and I <laughs> tried to learn how to do it. And you should have seen my first blog. It was absolutely terrible. But over over the years, it's evolved to what it is today. And so many people were coming up to me saying, Tanya, how did you build your blog? Tanya, how did you build your business online? So purely just because so many people were asking me how, I didn't have enough time on a one-on-one basis to show everybody how because I'd be on the phone or Skype all day long. So I just decided to do little short tutorial videos and I packaged it up into a course and I said, there you go. So it kind of came out of just people asking for it and I listened to my market. What do they want? Okay, well, if if it's a passion of mine to teach, I'll teach it. Mm. I love that. So it's a question of creating a product based on a need that um, that's in the market, which is which is always um, a great way to go. Tanya, I want to ask you, um, how did the journey as an entrepreneur start out for you? I know um, I know a little bit about your story. You, you sort of came out of corporate, as you said before, and in the intro I mentioned that. So tell us how that happened and walk us through some of those key moments in your story. Sure. And I think, you know, for a lot of people, if they're in corporate America or if they're looking to make a decision, is corporate America right for me? Um, you know, it's going to really depend on you. Um, that's pretty much it. I thought just because of how I was raised, go to school, get a good job, do your thing, 
that, you know, try to get a pension. I don't even know if pensions exist anymore. Um, and, and that's it, right? You're not taught in school, at least in North America, we're not taught in school how to be our own entrepreneurs, unfortunately. And so I didn't know, right? So in 2007, I'm working as a finance specialist and I decided to go, I think it was 2000, let's see, 2011. No, it was 2007 was the first journey that I did. So we went traveling all across the world. Like I took two months off work. I said, I don't care if I don't have my job when I don't get back. I need to go travel. I've never traveled before. I've never seen the world. And so my boss said, okay, if you tell me a date, you're going to come back. You'll have your job. (laughs) And I said, awesome. So we got on 11 different planes all across the world, like, you know, California to Costa Rica to Bali to Thailand, everywhere. Um, Bali is my favorite place, by the way. Got to go. It's amazing. Did you come down to Australia at all? I didn't go to Australia. I still have never been to Australia. Can you believe it? <laughs> I know. You need to give me a good reason to come visit besides the weather and surf. But, you know, so I, I, I traveled all around, and there was this couple that I met in Costa Rica. They lived on the ocean. They had a little um, a bed and breakfast. And we ended up talking, and they were Canadian as well. And I said, you guys, how did you make this happen? Like you're living a life that most people dream right on the beach. You're teaching yoga on the beach. And they had a similar story as me. They were working corporate before and they got sick and tired of it. They got sick and tired of the rat race. And they said, we're picking up, we're moving to Costa Rica and we're starting a bed and breakfast. Now, the only problem is, is in Costa Rica, it's very seasonal. You've got so many months where it just storms and it rains. And so they could only make income a portion of the year and so I said well what do you do for the rest of the year and they go well sometimes we go back to Canada but sometimes we do we have online marketing that we do and so this little bug was planted online marketing I had no idea what it was I had no idea but I just started thinking about the possibility of having that kind of lifestyle now it's really it's really impactful when you start thinking in a certain direction it's interesting what comes across your path when you start thinking in a certain direction. So when I got home from that travel trip, um, I have no idea. I was online surfing and a book crossed my screen called The 4-Hour Workweek. I don't know if you've ever read it. My favorite book. You'll hear me talk about it all the time, but it changed my life because I read it by Tim Ferriss and he starts talking about affiliate marketing and all of these other things that you can do to earn income outside of the box. And I was like, whoa, is this possible, right? And so now your brain's trained to know of different possibilities. And so I started to attract a whole bunch of different series of events after my brain started to ask better questions like, how could I live a life of travel? How could I live a life of freedom? How could I earn money without investing time? And so my brain just started to go in many different directions. And um, that's when network marketing, my girlfriend called me up and said, come over to my house. I got somebody that you probably want to meet. And so I learned about, you know, generating income through the efforts of other people through network marketing and building a network. Then I started reading books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And then I started that in 2009. So it was a couple years after I initially started thinking about the possibility of doing something. And then in 2010, I was making about Forty to fifty thousand dollars a year in my network marketing business, but I was still working my finance job because I made a lot of money there. I didn't want to let that go. But my dad um, had actually passed away. My stepdad, who I considered my dad, 
He ended up having a sudden stroke at the early age of 61. It totally shocked our entire family. And I went and I visited my mom and, um, you know, stayed with her for about a month just to get affairs in order to, you know, be with her and whatnot. And I realized at that moment, even though I wasn't making money at my finance job in corporate America because I wasn't there at the job to make the money, I was still earning money from my network marketing company and I never worked for that entire month, but I was still earning money. And so I had an aha moment at that time and I said, holy smacks, I need to put more of my energy in the right places and start getting my money working for me rather than trading time for dollars for the rest of my life. And so I did the transition very shortly after that. I kind of made a commitment to put my focus into my network marketing business at that time. Um, but, you know, for me, yeah, I want the money and you want the money, but what does the money do? It gives you that time freedom. So to find ways where you can, you know, earn money without you investing your time and getting your money to work for you, one of the best things that you can do in your life, hands down. Thank you for sharing that story. It's a great story. I know I read about it on your on your website, and I thought, wow, that's um, that's really encouraging. So, so you've gone from from a career that you have spent time studying for, and you know you've put in long hours to to essentially get promoted or, or you know um, get recognized in that field, and you've essentially stepped out into into a brand new field, an unknown field. Which is, um, to be fair, uh, an industry that that um, is not all the time given uh, the greatest publicity. So, how how did you handle that fear of um, rejection, fear of failure, and, and and that whole concept that comes along with the industry of network marketing? Um, I think personal development comes huge into that. So, always you know, being around positive information, positive people. I mean, as an entrepreneur, it's funny because entrepreneurs will work 80 hours a week so they don't have to work 40 for somebody else. It's funny. Um, and I, I would never go back to working, you know, back in my in my corporate job now knowing the possibilities of what life is like now. But mindset is going to be huge. You're going to have to be proactive and diligent with, training your mind to get through tough times because there are going to be a lot of tough times. There are going to be a lot of challenges. There's going to be a lot of learning experiences. I've learned to also just shift my language. So if you expect failure, then you just have to expect that not everything is going to work out as much as you want it to. And if you expect that that's going to happen, it's not going to come so much as a shock. So change the language as far as failure is not failure, it's just learning. So I don't even consider failure or fear, you know, those anymore. I just go, oh, it's a challenge or, oh, I'm learning. Oh, I've learned something. And as an entrepreneur, you just have to change the meaning of things. And it's unfortunate because in school, when we go to school, public school, right, they teach you, you know, to be afraid of getting things wrong. Um, you know, uh, there is, I can't remember the um, owner of the creator of Spanx. I don't know if you've ever heard her biography, but right, just featured in the Entrepreneur Magazine. I think she was on or Success Magazine. Um, and Darren Hardy was interviewing her, and she said she grew up every day sitting at the dinner table, and her father would ask her, "What did you fail at today?" 
and that was and that was the conditioning that she had as a child so one of the questions she had asked in her she got asked in her interview is how do you deal with failure and she was like it's not even failure like I'm excited to fail because if I fail you know I learn and from that we grow so it's just switching up meanings and as an entrepreneur or going into something brand new for your very first time just expect that things aren't always going to go as you want them to but just know that it's completely worth it and create a vision and a why, like the reason why you're building um, your business or becoming your own entrepreneur, hold that higher than any of your fear or any fear of failure at all, and you will make it through whatever it is that comes your way. Mm. Talk to me about a moment where you felt, Tanya, that, you know, it's not worth it. I'm working way too hard for too little money or too much stress. Uh, I'm up against too much. And Maybe I'm just going to go back and, and, gra- and grab um, an admin job somewhere and just run away from it. Have you ever reached a point where you just wanted to give up? No, because my why of the reason why I'm doing this is too big. Um, I mean, I'm going to be fair and transparent and honest. There are things where I'm just like, this is a lot. This is too much, you know. And honestly, Davis, we've been through um, crazy, crazy things in some of the biggest pressure moments of our businesses. You know, we've done multiple six-figure launches um, where we're bringing in, you know, quarter million dollars in seven days. And you know the volume that comes in on that is going to stress somebody out. We had a membership site completely break down. We've had, you know, we've had so many of the crazy stories, but... I've been through those times enough to know that if a time, like a major breakdown comes, it means that there's a major breakthrough right around the corner. So I've just redefined the meaning of it. And the biggest tip that I can give any entrepreneur is if you're in the middle of a breakdown, if you feel like quitting, right around the corner is one of your major breakthroughs and what's going to define your success or not is whether or not you just keep persevering through the times where you do just feel like quitting or throwing in the towel. And sometimes if you feel like quitting or throwing in the towel, just know that that's, you know, it's normal. Um, One of my mentors used to say to me, if you don't feel like quitting at least four times a week, it means you're not working hard enough. <laughs> so, um, so then I kind of go, oh yeah, it's meant to be. This is normal. This is the entrepreneur life. But we have some of the biggest breakthroughs around the corner because I don't know anywhere else in corporate America where you could, you know, make you know a quarter of a million dollars in seven days. So is it worth it? Man, yeah, it is. And you can impact thousands of people's lives in a matter of thirty days. So it is definitely worth it. Tanya, t- tell me, how did you acquire your very first um, customer um, when you when you first started out in 2009 and when you transitioned your business into creating an online products? So I think my first customer was my mom or my sister. Because, <laughs> um, you know, in network marketing, I mean, that's where I started. They, you know, they tell you to build a list of your friends and family and you do a business launch with the people that already know you and you have influence hopefully with. So I I honestly am, if somebody tells me to do something and there's somebody that has a lifestyle or something that I really want, I'm a complete sponge. Like I have no ego. I go, yes, how high do you want me to jump? 
So I'm, I'm just like that and I'm a, I'm a massive implementer. So my mentors at the time, they, they were making $400,000 a year in three years, which was double the income that I was making at the time. And they worked two hours a day and I was working 10 hours a day <laughs> plus. So I go, what do you, what do I do? And they said, look, you know, make a list of the people you know. And so honestly, I, I did that and I did a business launch. So thank you, mom. And thank you to my sister. We got started on my entrepreneur journey, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and when you, when you pivoted to your online coaching and training business, um, help me understand how you, how you managed to acquire your, your very first customers. How did you transition? Yeah, I, um, I used, uh, you know, I had some, I had some like lead capture pages, very simple. You see them all over the place. And I just, you know, I, I added value and I said, Hey, if you want this, you know, free gift that I'm giving away, you know, put in your information and, you know, they'd fill out the form. And then I used to spend at least two hours a day calling those leads and closing them into sales. I mean, now, because times are very different, we've got a lot more automated ways to do a lot of those sales transactions. Um, but before it was just really simple, you know, like a simple capture page, give away something of great value to your target audience and then just call them, build a relationship and take the next step with them. And I think I had like over 800 leads before I picked up the phone because I was so scared to call all of my leads. Um, I, I was so scared. I was like, I don't want to talk to them. I don't know what I don't want to feel like I'm selling them something. And I was extremely timid. But once I got on the phone, just because of my branding and, you know, how I kind of set myself up online, they viewed me as somebody that they really wanted to talk to. They were like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you're calling me. And then I got a couple more of those phone calls. I'm like, ah, this is easy peasy. I'm actually helping people. And these people are cool. So I started calling more of them and making more more of their sales. But I remember my very first sale. I think her name was Tracy on my online sale. Her name was Tracy. She lived in Texas, um, and she was in a health and wellness business. And I was helping her to get, you know, set up online. And uh, I remember calling her. I was so scared, and she was sitting in her chair, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, I just jumped up! I can't believe it's you!" And then I ended up signing her up at, into into my business, and she was like so grateful, and I was so excited that the online marketing world worked. So it was pretty cool experience. I was in Costa Rica and I did all my calls on Skype because I was living there at the time. And uh, yeah, it was pretty fun. So I got two questions on this and I hope I don't forget these, but number one is 800 leads. How do you generate 800 leads? It sounds like it was in a short space of time. Where were you driving your traffic from and was this organic or paid traffic? I do a lot of um, paid traffic, and I believe at the beginning stages of my paid traffic, it was Facebook. It still is now Facebook, and Facebook's still a huge goldmine if you do it right. We were doing Facebook ads. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Right. Okay, so that that, that was huge. And over, over what period of time was this to generate those number of leads? Um, it was probably like just less than a year. We, we had generated like almost close to a 1,000 leads. 
um, at that time with, and Facebook marketing back then was very different than it is today. I think I had a five or $10, I know it wasn't even $10. It was $5 day budget because I, number one, I was scared because I didn't know if it was going to work. So if you don't know something's going to work, it sort of waffles your confidence with anything until you get that result, right? And then you get the result and you're like, oh, okay. And then you, you, you get more excited. So at that time with Facebook ads, I was like, everyone's saying to do Facebook ads and, you know, there's really cheap traffic there. And so I was so scared. It was like $5 a day, you know, budget. We do some, uh, a master, a live mastermind where I teach people how to run Facebook ads. And we had this one girl last year who came in and she was, she did a, uh, no, she came in this year. She did a, a Facebook ad. She was running $5 a day on a Facebook video ad. And she had, and she was generating 37 cent leads, leads, not clicks, leads. And I was like, holy smacks, you're beating me on lead costs. (laughs) And student had like surpassed the teacher, which is really cool to see. Um, But yeah, right now, even if you're looking at, you know, getting online and doing some marketing, Facebook video ads are like thebomb.com. They're working really well. Facebook video ads. Well, that's a fantastic value bomb there. Um, Number two question on that topic is, what was your offer at this time? I was teaching people, so the irony of this, because Frank Kern, it's funny, I don't know if you've ever heard Frank Kern uh, say, yeah, I wrote an ebook on how to, I, I wrote an ebook teaching people how to write an ebook. I think that was one of his, <laughs> his things. Well, I was doing Facebook ads and I was marketing from my Facebook page and I was teaching people how to build a Facebook page. And so it was, it was kind of congruent. At the time I had created a little result and so I was then teaching that result through my marketing. Um, and that's actually, you know, one of the things that you need to do is, is you need to find a target, your target audience, number one. And then once you understand your target audience, if you understand what they really need and want and desire, then you can put together a little offer that will help them with their needs, wants and desires. And back in the day, I think it was like a five, I was marketing a a five video series teaching people how to build a Facebook fan page. If I were today to redo that and just brand new, I'm creating my offer like super brand new, never created an offer, never generated a lead, but I wanted to, what I would do is I would create something a little bit more simple. Um, you know, and each week I create a new freebie on my blog and I give it away as a resource. And that's what I would suggest to do is just, you know, create a little PDF you know, take an hour to create it and give away some really good value or give away a video that can help your target audience with something that they need and want and desire. Um, and at the time, my audience was marketers and they all wanted to know how to market their business online. So I was like, hey, I figured out how to do it through Facebook. So I'm going to show you how I did it. Put your name and email in and there we go. I'll give you the videos. Mm. And, and what was your price point for your initial offer at the time? Nothing. So at the time, (laughs) this was a, yeah, so this was a big mistake that I learned. And so here you guys can learn from my mistakes. Uh, Sometimes the best way we learn, right? So my mistake was give every, I had learned, okay, this is what I learned. People were saying, give everything away for free. (laughs) 
So I'm like, okay, I'll give everything away for free. Well, the problem with that is, yeah, you're going to give away a little teaser for free, but then you have to have something that people value you by and want to spend money with you. The problem is, is I gave so many things away for free that when I decided to start charging for my stuff, people are like, what? This is like out of left field. What? And they didn't respect the fact that I was now asking for money because they're like, you've conditioned me to expect everything for free. Why are you now asking me for money? (laughs) So... So that was a huge lesson that I learned, and it took me about one year to recondition my audience to spend money with me. I had a little $7 product, you know, which was a little, you know, thing that I gave away, an audio and cheat sheet, and I started with $7, and then I gradually worked them up, and, you know, some of our stuff that we sell now are upwards of $5,000, so the thing is, is that, um Figure out, okay, what it is that you're selling. What's your major income producer, right? Figure out what that is. Now, nowadays, if we look at my business right now, my major income producer starts at $300. So um, figure out what it is for you. Find something congruent that you can give away for free on the front end to get the lead and the interest and then lead into the next step, which is your paid offer, whatever that was. And at the time, Davis, I'll be honest, when I first started online, I didn't have anything I was selling except for my network marketing products and business. And so I was just talking to people and finding out what their needs were to see if it was even a fit. Yeah. And I think that's important because I think one of the um, difficult things um, that I find in online marketing and in, 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 in sales in general is people being unprofessional and so when you set yourself up as as um an expert and authority then then you're actually providing better value to those people who are a fit which is which i love the way you 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 phrased that now tanya tell me what was your biggest breakthrough moment in your business and what happened at that point yeah i can confidence confident two big breakthrough moments one I had already mentioned when my dad had passed away and I decided to take control of my life and not work 12 hours a day anymore six days a week with no end to that you know road that was a big big massive breakthrough that got me to look at things a little bit differently um, the other biggest breakthrough that I had um, was in 2014 I hired my first business coach and wrote a big massive check for that business coach that actually made me uh, white knuckled as I was writing that check. It was a big, large amount. It was more than I was probably making in my business that year. Now I had, you know, savings of course and whatnot. And I, I, it was a very confident investment that I made. But uh, what that did for me is it triggered me to take my business seriously because now I had to. There was some pressure. I had invested some money. I needed to make that back. But then I had somebody else that was going to push me and help me. And I had never done that before. So the biggest thing that you can do is find somebody going in the direction that you want to go that has the results that you want and hire them, mentor with them, figure out a way that you can latch onto them and learn what you want if you want that lifestyle. Don't figure it out all, all on your own. And I messed that up for the first four years of my business um, thinking that I could figure it out on my own. What did that do for you, Tanya? Um, it 4 x my income that year. That was the year that I had my first $250,000 um, launch on a product that now has since made me this year alone over seven figures. 
So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and it also allowed me to increase my value so I could charge more for my coaching programs because I've invested in myself at a higher level that I now feel more confident in saying, yes, spend $5,000. You can spend a weekend with me and I'll teach you what I know. Um, that is not a cheap price tag for a lot of people, but I couldn't confidently ever say to somebody, hey, invest in me if I hadn't invested in me first. Isn't that tough, that imposter syndrome that says, who are you to charge five grand just for three days? People have worked all month to raise five grand. It's a head F-bomb. It really is. Like, <laughs> um, you have to, you, you literally have to, um, I, I believe that if you aren't investing into yourself, then you can't confident or with, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for you to say, you know, Hey, I think you should invest X amount of dollars with me, but I'm not willing to invest that in me. That This doesn't work to me. Right. Um, and, but now with the amount that I've invested in time in money to my education and implementation of my business, I have no problem asking people for $5,000 to spend a weekend with me or more to teach them what I know because I'm so confident on what their ROI will be at the end of it. And my husband, Caesar, it drives him nuts because he's like, your price tag should be like three times as much as they are. And I'm like, I don't know if I can. So even for me today, I still, I battle with that too, you know, pricing my value, um, but what helps with that is being able to help more people, get more testimonials, and you get more feedback, and that boosts everything up over the, over the long run. Yeah, because it validates what you're doing, and you feel, I'm actually helping people, and they, they're actually making more than the five grand that they're investing in, in what we're offering. For sure. Absolutely. Tanya, I, I'm loving this, uh, but I want to pivot a little bit, um, and uh, we're, we're going to bring this to a close. How do you rank the following um, five items? Faith, fun, family, finances, friendships. The F. Um, gosh, I'm such a red. Uh, so <laughs> I would say I was family definitely first. Um, faith, I would say, if I'm being truly honest, not what I want, but actually what I am. <laughs> I will say finances, and then I will say fun, and then I will say friendships. Weird, right? That's cool. Not, not weird. Uh, I'm going to just be honest because I don't want to be on here and be like, I think friendships first. No, I'm like a total red. I'm, 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 I'm hardcore. That's good. 30-second <laughs> um, look into a day in your life when you started your business versus a day in your life today. So when I started my business, we did not sleep. We hustled our little butts off. Um, I just remember days, and, and this is, this is kind of like the behind the scenes because I don't want anybody to start anything without knowing what maybe they're going to get into. And there's so many people out there saying like, yeah, be your own entrepreneur. It's awesome. You never have to work. So you put in a season for sure. So you're going to put in three to five years to have a life of freedom if you set it up, right? But those three to five years that you put in, some people can do it in less for sure. But to be realistic, those three to five years for me, I was learning. I was investing. I was, there was earbuds in. There was no TV. There were hardly any social gatherings. My friends are all out drinking. All, I'm from Vancouver, Canada, so they're all downtown, Yaletown, drinking, spending money on bar tabs. And then there's me at home in front of my computer learning. So, you know, that was life before, you know, I was going to seminars. I was networking. I was putting my little hustle on. And, 
today, you know, there's small seasons that we, you know, still do that and we hustle maybe be like a 10 day launch or a, you know, 15 day launch or whatever. But today, we're on a plane about once a month going on vacation. Just got back from Aruba. Um, I don't have to touch my computer if I don't want to. Um, I like to, but I don't have to. Um, and, you know, we'll still be rolling in, you know, money will be coming in to our bank accounts every single day, whether we decide to work or not that day. Just because we set up our businesses in a way where they're automated and they're rocking and rolling without us, you know, so I'll wake up, my husband and I, we get to spend the entire morning together, breakfast, you know, we spend our days together how we want to. Um, so there's nobody that says, be at work at this time, or, you know, you can't go on vacation. So we, we truly live a life of, you know, complete freedom. And there are times we work still hard, and there's times we don't work at all, and we play harder. Mm. Love that. That's fantastic. And congratulations on the investment that you put in and do you do you still invest in mentors and if yes why and who are some of those for you i know you've shared a little bit about that but um yeah sure um yes i mean you i don't ever believe that you should ever stop investing in yourself i always want to be increasing my value so my people that invest in me have the most value with me um so always be investing in mentors for sure um, I've got a lot of like virtual mentors. Right now I'm in a transition phase where I'm not actively in a mastermind or I don't actively have a coach. I'm looking for um, a mastermind to join for 2017. I'm looking at a few of them. But I can say in the past, um, I have hired Ray Higdon. He's an incredible coach with his wife, Jessica Higdon. Um, they're great friends of ours as well. So I sometimes pick up the phone and say, hey, Ray, what do you think about this? And he's gracious enough to help us out. Um, and I follow Amy Porterfield. I absolutely love her. So I kind of virtually stalk all of her stuff. Her podcasts are great. Um, I really, um, I really like Marie Forleo and everything that she does as well. And I, I'm a religious follower of the Digital Marketer Gang, and uh, I love their podcast that they have out as well. So those are kind of my three, and I, I try to keep it really tight because sometimes you can follow too many people that it just gets a little bit confusing. So I've kind of found my spots over the years. Yeah. 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 Definitely. You know, Ray Higdon. Um, he's a great coach, and and talk to me about. The, the tenacity that you have come with, I guess, I don't know whether that's come out of the coaching with Ray as well, because um, I was just for, looking at your YouTube channel and um, you've had over 300,000 views, you've got over 7,000 subscribers, and you've, you're always posting blogs on Facebook. How, do you do this every single week, and how, have you, how long have you been doing blogs for and weekly uh, publications, and how do you keep that consistency going? Consistency is so key, and I've learned that over the last year um, immensely because I will be honest in saying that I was not as consistent as I should be with my audience until about a year ago. So a year ago, I drew a line in the sand, and I said, okay, I'm going to do weekly 
videos and episodes on my blog with content for my audience. I'm going to condition my audience to know that that's what I do for them. And I think the best thing that you can do as an entrepreneur is commit to your audience that that's what you're going to do for them to hold yourself accountable. So I've been doing um, the weekly blog post consistently every single Monday with a new resource. My team and I get together. We, we put that out um, for the last 36 weeks. So it's been it's been relatively new, but we've increased our lead flow with consistent content um, by 8.5 uh, times. So we were like, you know, trickling in little bits of leads. It really wasn't consistent enough the way that I like it to be. And now because of the consistency and weekly content that we do, um, you know, that that's really helped. And I actually just to, to, to give credit where credit's due, I got that strategy from Amy Porterfield. I totally love her content, but she does weekly podcasts and then weekly resources. And I fell in love with them so much as one of her viewers that I said, well, if I'm in love with them so much, like, you know, consistently like this, I'm sure my audience would like the same thing. So I modeled that and then I tested it and it's just, it's, it's flat out worked so well over the last, you know, 36 weeks. And before I ask my last question, I want to acknowledge you for everything you're doing in the marketplace, all the lives that you're impacting, for pursuing your dreams, and for you know helping other people do the same. Now, Tanya, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you? Sure. Best place is just on my blog. Super easy. TanyaEliza.com. And uh, I'm active there every week. And then you can also search me on Facebook. And my Facebook page is super active, too. Fantastic. Now for the last question. When all is said and done, what legacy do you want to leave and be remembered for? And tell us why. So I I honestly just want to have a family. I want to have kids that look up to their parents um, as an inspiration to cultures and communities through, you know, donations. But then also to let them know that they can really just do whatever it is that they really want. My mom instilled that into me. She's a huge inspiration. So honestly, my legacy, I just want to, you know, impact of other people that want to become their own entrepreneurs. Hey, what's up, Business Journals family? Thank you for joining me and for listening to the Business Journals podcast. Connect with me at Davis Mutabwa. That's D-A-V-I-S-M-U-T-A-B-W-A. Connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn. And you can certainly find me at our podcast blog, businessjournals.com. And while you're there, remember to access all the show notes, a ton of free resources, killer training, and so much more. Love you guys. Thank you for joining me. Ciao.